Cook's house. All right, Willie Fritz is here, and it is Fritzmas in the third ward. But what's that new staff going to look like, and who have we brought in thus far? You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Andrew. Here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, please subscribe down below. That way to lay us on Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. Appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. That's where you found us. It's so good to see you again. Remember to subscribe because we want to give away every 250 subscribers. Next one is 2,000. It's going to be a big one, fun one. Hit subscribe to help us get there. Like and comment the video to let us know you're in that contest. If you don't know what to say if you're talking all about the staff for next season or you came here expecting more basketball talk because it is basketball season tell us in the comments down below uh let's okay hot topic here in the ancient household cane sauce or chick-fil-a sauce now as we get moving here I do want to talk some about Willie Fritz's staff as he is building it. Um, I do think it is worth pointing out that there's still some guys to be added to it. But thus far, we do know a couple of the key positions uh, on the staff after the weekend. And we can then spend the weekend looking at what things look like from there. Now, this will be an overview kind of episode as we get to the doldrums of the offseason. Uh, we'll have a spring game to look at and get to more intricacies. We'll talk, up, talk about more specific things first we're gonna talk about the offense and kind of overview the offense second talk about the defense overview the defense and third the roster which is still pretty important i would say uh we'll talk about what is happening with the roster as far as people leaving in the transfer portal potential people coming in in the transfer portal and so on again all in the final segment there uh offensively I do want to start off by looking at uh, Slade Nagel, the offensive coordinator, being pulled in. He was the offensive coordinator last year under Fritz at Tulane. I think a lot of people are looking at him as a guy that does not have a ton of offensive coordinating experience, but he has been at Tulane with Fritz the entirety of their time together at Tulane since 2016. He has worked on the offensive staff in various roles since then. Um, I think it's worth pointing out he was a quarterback coach at one point, he had receivers at one point. He's been all over that office staff. He's been an assistant head coach to Willie Fritz. Very, very trusted guy from Fritz. Feels like a very obvious guy for him to have pulled over. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know that part of me was just excited to have some sort of an offensive direction. Offensive coordinator has an important role. Usagers technically did not have one last season. And I think there's a couple different ways to go about you know, utilizing the coordinator role best, but most importantly, having a singular philosophy, whatever you think about that philosophy, having a singular philosophy to work from, build off of, uh, you know, throw counter punches with, always stem from, have something you, you know, you make your bread and butter based on this one thing with this offensive philosophy. Having that in and of itself, I think, will help the Houston Cougar offense. And Slade Nagel will bring that as well um before we get into his schematics and things like that i should point out that he's also bringing in uh derek sherman as a wide receivers coach who coached wide receivers in 2023 but i want to point out in 2022 he coached running backs uh that means he coached tajay spears and the dynamic running game 
that was he's involved in the dynamic running game that they had there. I, you know, he's brought in as a receivers coach right now. I could see him being flexible. If you look at his resume, he's coached a bunch of different kinds of positions. Uh, he was technically going to be a coordinator uh, before uh, he's going to be a coordinator at Georgia Southern in 2020, but that division of football canceled their 2020 season. And so we did not get to coach. He did not get to be the office coordinator there. Got to Tulane in 2021. Um, he himself was a wide receiver coach at Pittsburgh State in 2015. I don't know this. I don't have their exact connection drawn up in front of me, but that is technically uh, a long time ago where Willie uh, Willie Fritz went as a player and uh, you know got his GAs and stuff there as well. So I wonder if there's some sort of a connection there being made. Um, he's the the guy himself, Derek Sherman, is originally from Cincinnati, played at Purdue and Morgan State, finished up at Morgan State. And then offensive line, we're going to bring it, bring back Iman Yagavi. That was uh, solidified over the weekend. I think most people assumed that was going to be the case because Yagavi coached for a year under Fritz at Tulane. You saw the bring in the offensive staff. It was like the following tweet from various coaching outlets was like, and they're going to keep Nagavi. Um, Obviously, I am a high. I have a lot of high things to say about Agave. I'm a fan of his. I like that he's a gap scheme kind of guy. I think some people were disappointed in the offense last season, but I think there's got to be some sort of transition period and changing schemes and changing to a run game coordinator. Uh, there will be transitions this year in the offense as well. I don't mean to say that's going to be completely smooth, but. Yagavi does offer some semblance of continuity uh, for those young offensive linemen we have coming back because so many of the offensive linemen are gone. Obviously, Pat Paul at the NFL draft, Jack Freeman at the NFL draft as well. Uh, he was also out of eligibility there. Um, so waiting to hear about Tank Jenkins' waiver to see if he can come back for a seventh year. If not, he is gone. Uh, then uh, Tyler Johnson is gone. We'll talk about him in the final segment. Ruben Unache is gone. We'll talk about him in the final segment. But they're both upper upper classmen super seniors in the transfer portal the one offensive position coach we have not filled that i have seen correct me if i'm wrong here is technically a running backs coach now i could see uh slay nagel office corner doing that some himself i could see him lumping that into you see sometimes as people build out stats you only get 10 official offensive coaches everyone else has to be an analyst or on the strength staff or something like that um, i could see the running backs being lumped in with the wide receivers because Derek Sherman has done running backs before. I can see getting lumped into the quarterback spot. Um, I can see it, frankly, being lumped into Slade Nagel's spot and having a full-on quarterback coach. I can see a bunch of different guys, different ways that could happen right now that's not officially a running back or quarterback coach. Um, Nagel has coached quarterbacks before, so I guess I was assuming he'll do that, but we'll see. Offensively, and watching the 2023 Tulane Green Wave, um, I thought there was a couple things that stick out to me that will be different looking for Houston. On the one hand, they use all 53 and a third yards wide of the field. Lots of quick now type screens, lots of reverses, um, using the entire width of the football field to make the defense really, really spread out. I think something they do really, really well. If you look back at their tape from last year, um, I put down that, it, you know, some people would call it gimmicky. Some people would call it one-off. Some people would call it, whatever you want to say to, you know, unique situations. So like against um, Ole Miss, they went to a bunch of wildcat kind of stuff, uh, you know, kind of once a possession, if if not more, um, on like third and short, fourth and short wildcat kind of stuff. And then uh, you'd see that you know, double reverse here or a lot, you know, a, a reverse every second, every other possession or whatever. Um, I'm not saying that it's gimmick in the sense that like, oh my God, it's cheap shots or anything like that. But I do think it's interesting that, if we run Wildcat one play every possession, 
let's say we run one player possession. Opponents have to then practice that or get prepared for that or spend part of their practice time, which is somewhat regulated by the NCAA as far as how much you get, preparing for those kinds of one-offs. And I, I say that to say that I think that there's some, you know, Wildcat stuff for us can be as simple as the offensive line block the same way they block power for anyone else. We're going to run a simple backfield, slightly different thing for the guy catch the snaps of running back whoever, and the guy next to him is a tight end. And we'll run some, you know, it looks completely different to the defense, but it doesn't break a whole lot of rules in the offense. Easy, we'd call it cheap addition for the offense because it's not an expensive thing to do. And then it makes the defense spend a lot of time working on those kind of things. Um, their running game, even in a post-Nigabi world, whether it's in Wildcat or otherwise, was a lot of gap scheme with multiple pullers. So guards and H-backs, tight ends and tackles, um, a lot of different guys getting out and pulling around. About at a two-third to one-third ratio on the season, two-thirds being gap scheme with some sort of a puller. Um, I will say that they did some more under-center stuff without Nick Gavi in 2023 than they did in 2022. That could have to do with the running back they had. That could have to do with the quarterback they had. That could have uh, those kinds of things, right? But I thought that was an interesting comparison between the two. And we're studying their stuff for Nagavi last year versus looking at some of the stuff they did this season. On the whole, it was an effective offense. They put up a lot of points per game. Um, they did, frankly, pretty well across the board. Again, 11-2 and two on the season. Um Hard to complain about a lot of those things. And frankly, in that 11 and 2, you can even talk about how, like, yes, they lost the American Athletic Conference Championship game. But I think we can attest to having seen how difficult that can be to have your coach on the block like that. Um, you know, it's challenging, but they would run the ball about 38 times per game. They'd pass it about 27 times per game. I think that's a ratio that Houston Cougar fans can get behind if and when it's effective, especially when you have like one opening up the other. And you can really get the thing working like a well-oiled machine. Well, a machine, well-oiled machine, you say. Speaking of a well-oiled machine, if you have a well-oiled machine and you just want to make sure you're taking the best care of it, you need new parts or anything like that, make sure to eBay Motors because passion, drive, and patience are what bring home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits to LED headlights and more. Whatever you're looking for, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You always have exactly what you're looking for. Uh, make sure you go to eBay Motors and check out the guaranteed fit. Your part guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. All parts you need and the prices you want, to, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive. eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusive supply. eBay Motors guaranteed fit. It's only available to U.S. customers. All right, defensively. Um, I want to talk some about Shield Wood, the defensive coordinator, pulled over also from, you guessed it, Tulane, um, and kind of his resume going into this. I also want to talk about who he has on the staff. One controversial hire that's already paying off a little bit, but I think people are upset about. We'll talk about that more. But Shield Wood himself comes from Tulane, but before that, he was at Troy positionally, because I think that matters when you look at what a guy uh, brings to the defense as far as like his most intimate knowledge with the game. He's a safeties guy. Some guys are linebacker guys. Some guys are D-line guys. He's a safety guy. Um, when he was at Troy, 
They were ranked really, really high. He got Troy ranked as high as 19th in the AP poll. And then they go to Tulane and get them to 11 and 2. Another guy's a certified winner. Um, now, in both situations at Tulane and at Troy, he went at 3 4 defense, uh, does a lot of cover two and cover four, you know, four high kind of look and a cover two high kind of look with man underneath it. Um, in that 3 4 defense, he typically will walk a fourth guy up to the line of scrimmage and kind of have them as extra pass rusher. I thought it was interesting that. With that fourth guy, they don't necessarily send pressure as in a fifth and sixth guy on every single passing situation, but they do do some sort of a twist or a stunt or a slant or every single time I saw like a third and long, a second and long kind of situation when I was flipping through a couple games here. It looked like to me they were in some sort of a twist, some sort of a stunt, some sort of a action amongst the linemen. And then occasionally... Right, they'd send pressure with a fifth or a sixth guy, but they could get pressure with movement up front, and that's kind of the way they were using that odd front and fourth rusher. Now, I think some sort of a purist might say that, but Parker, it's an odd front, three man front, and they send a fourth guy that has a pressure. I don't like to count it as a pressure myself if it's just four guys because you're still at a deficit to the offensive lineman. They still have five guys blocking your four. I don't think of that as a pressure in the same kind of way. Um, now, if you send a fifth guy and make it one-on-one across the board or a sixth guy certainly have someone coming off free or make them keep the running back in, obviously that changes things up. But four on five, I'm not counting as a pressure by a stretch. Um, when he was at Troy, I should point out, he also he beat UTSA and Trailer at the Exploria Bowl. Uh, they beat Texas State, Army, Louisiana Monroe. And in that time period, his year at Troy, 28 points was the most points they gave up in the season. That was to a Power 5 opponent when, he, again, he was at Troy, right? 2001, he was at Army. Uh, they beat Missouri, SEC Missouri, 24-22 to in the Armed Forces Bowl. Again, held Missouri to 22 points with an Army-led defense. Impressive, impressive, impressive. I thought it was interesting, going back to his history, he's a defensive guy, and I mentioned he's a safeties guy. But he actually played wide receiver, and coached wide receivers at Wofford. Both were at Wofford, I should say. Um, he played there in the early, in the early mid-aughts and coached wide receivers there from 2007-2010. Switched to DBs in 2011 while still at Wofford. Had immediate success. They went to the FCS quarterfinals and so on um, and kind of never looked back from the defense side of the football there. Um, I think that that helps add to his intimate knowledge with coverages and things like that. It's probably also why... He's so emphatic about getting after the pass rusher or getting after the passer, I'm sorry, with his pass rush of just four guys because he understands the value of keeping those guys in coverage. And frankly, if you can get there, as Tulane has, as Troy did, as Army did, I understand it. The question will be, you know, as you get to top end power five opponents week in, week out, we know that we're upgrading our roster every single chance we get, every turn we get to. Um Will we be, and we know Sack Frank has been a strength of this defense for a while, I should say. Will we be able to get there with four? Will we need to send pressure? Um, I think we can. We got there with four a lot last year. We Nelson see the entire conference in sacks, right? Um, but it's worth pointing out that, you know, everyone's going to have pros and cons. This guy's a back half of the defense kind of guy. Uh, pass rushing is uber important. What are we going to look at from there now? The guy he's bringing in, the controversial hire he has thus far, is he's going to bring in defensive line coach Gerald Chapman. And I think the big controversy there is not that Chapman is a talented defensive line coach, 
but that he's not retaining Brian Early. Brian Early is beloved by all Houston Cougar players that have worked for him, played for him, I should say. Uh, he's a culture guy, a great fit for the University of Houston, turned multiple guys into pros, had a great defense line group the entire time his five years he was in Houston. And like a lot of people were hoping that, frankly, he'd get to stay. Now, I said, and I'm on record of saying, that while I could make the case that Brian Early is a great defensive line coach for the University of Houston, obviously any head coach coming in needs a chance to build their guys, needs to like find the people they want for the spots. And you know there are a lot of different talented defensive line coaches across America. I think Brian Early is the tip-top you know, one-of-one kind of guy, and I get that. I get the feeling of that from the fans. I'm not saying it's invalid, but... Fritz wanted Wood, Wood wanted Chapman, and if you're going to give these guys a chance to build something, they've got to build with people they've built with, they've worked with, et cetera, before. Forcing relationship doesn't typically work, and Chapman, for what it's worth, A, has a great resume himself, and B, is already seeming to pay dividends. Um, I just want to Gerald Chapman was the defense coordinator at Colorado in 2022. Um, he had previously before that, though, been at uh, LSU. He'd spent some time at Tulane before. He'd been at Tennessee Southern. He's been in the pros. He coached with the Cincinnati Bengals in that 2019 and 2020. Um, and then he was a GA, and I think this is important for his Texas experience at Texas A&M in 2015. Um, very native and very much understanding of this region. Uh and, and frankly, there was a lot of people in the Tulane side of things that thought he might get promoted on staff there as a guy that is very much tied to the Bayou area. Uh, he follows Shea Wood and Willie Fritz to Houston and comes with him. Uh, Quincy Wiggins, a quick transfer, it looks like, uh, maybe on like taking an offer in from Houston, an LSU guy in the transfer portal that would obviously know Chapman from his time there in 2021. Um I think it's worth pointing out, though, that Chapman is a guy that's a defensive line guy that has defense coordinator experience, that has experience in this region. I think all those things will work together. Uh, Tulane's defensive line, I thought, did very, very well with some undersized guys for a large chunk of the season last year. Uh, again, you go watch that like, Ole Miss game. They played really well against the SEC offensive line. Uh, again, I think Ole Miss is a New Year's Six full team, if I'm not mistaken. They were certainly in the running for that. I don't remember off the top of my head. I probably should look. I probably should remember that. Um, but a very talented team, and Tulane's defensive line did not look any bit scared of that offense by any stretch. Um, defense coordinator background is important here because they also have linebackers coach James Ross the third. Uh, coming in, he coached offensive line, uh, outside linebacker. Sorry, at Cincinnati, uh, he was the quality control coach on the defense at Tulane. Um, he had been the defensive coordinator at Hope College in 2021. Um, they were second in FCS in total defense, in their division, I should say, in total defense in yards per game that year. He was a three-year starter at Michigan as recently as 20, uh, 2012 to 15. Young, young guy himself. Was a GA at Michigan from 2018 to 20. Gets power five football. So what you got right now is you got a defense coordinator in Shield Wood who's a safeties guy. Your defensive line guy was a defensive coordinator as recently as 2022. Your linebackers guy has been a defensive coordinator recently as 2021. I think... Well, I'm imagining they're still going to run the same 3-4 defense. I'm imagining they're still going to have the same kind of basic tropes as a Shieldwood defense that Tulane had. I think having leadership at each of those spots, having guys that have really led a program at each of those spots is valuable. I think it shows every, like, we talk about adults in the room being so important for the staff. 
how much more adult can you get than having run the entire defense yourself at each of your defensive hires thus far? Now, I imagine Shielwood would have some to say in the secondary. We don't have a sec. We don't have a technical secondary coach hired. I'd imagine you know, some crossover the line, a second hat linebacker slash special teams guy, maybe a special teams coordinator that helps the inside linebacker or something like that. We have not had that hire, but that would be the thing I think comes next. And I, you know, would imagine they have more or less than three or four more hires to make on this staff. But speaking of more or less than. If you think you want to put your sports knowledge to the test, and you can look at basic stats and say, I think there's going to be more than this or less than that across all sports. You should go to prizepicks.com and put your money where your mouth is because right now at prizepicks.com, they have the number one daily fantasy sports app out there because they're doing all kinds of cool statistical Hopefully you're better with stats than I am at saying words. All kinds of cool statistical analysis where you can say, you know what, I think that Dallas Cowboys kicker is going to kick a field goal over 50 yards. I think it's do it two or three times. You can put your money where your math is on those kinds of things. Right now, this equinox, we got like basketball and football and all kinds of things, hockey happening at once. You can go in, you can do a, a parlay combining all kinds of sports. You can say LeBron James, Travis Kelsey, over under 10 and a half. I'll go more than uh, seven catches for Kelsey and four threes for LeBron. Boom. Boom. You got it over that. Uh, just over that 10 and a half mark, you make some money. They also have a cool uh, injury reset for all those like NFL quarterbacks being hurt every week, it feels like, where if your guy goes out in the first half and does not come back in the second, he gets rebooted, you don't lose any cash, you can do all those things at prizepicks.com. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college, prizepicks.com, and use code locked on college or slash locked on college for a first deposit match up to one. Hundred dollars. It's pricefix.com slash L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for first pause match up to one hundred dollars. All right, here at the end, I said I want to talk some about who's in and who's out on the Houston Cougars. Now, I think the marquee guy over the weekend to keep an eye on here um, was that, yes, Tyler Johnson, St. Tyler Johnson, the startup. All the games for Houston last year um, did officially commit to transferring to the University of Colorado at Boulder, also known as Coach Prime School. Um, and frankly, he was one of a handful of guys that uh, people are looking at as like Colorado building the offensive line. Ruben Unage, uh, another offensive lineman in the transfer portal from Houston, is a super senior as well. Uh, started all the games last year for Houston at right tackle um he's in the transfer portal he's got off from colorado i believe he spent the weekend there i have not heard if he committed or anything like that but i will say um that what is interesting to me about tyler johnson about ruben Unage, um was that there were a lot of people giving them a really hard time about their play last year at houston and now there's gonna be a lot of people interestingly online acting like this is a big win for uh for Boulder, and, and I don't necessarily think I get it. I I like Ruben a lot. He's a good dude. Um, I have to say, though, that he played below expectations in 2022. If he goes somewhere else and plays above expectations, best of luck to you, man. I don't want you to do anything else. I just think it's interesting that like these guys that people had frustrations with throughout the 2022 season 
are now these big losses in the transfer portal. Oh my god! Oh, however, and truthfully, I think the bigger problem for Houston is is that they're going to start five new offensive linemen next year unless Tank Jenkins gets his waiver cleared, and he might, he might. They're going to start five new offensive linemen next year, and one of them is going to be like a you know, Patrick Paul's going to be a top end pick in the NFL draft, which would be fun to cover as it comes. But you know, I, I got to think Demetrius Hunter, Pancake. I'm going to keep calling him Pancake. Um, ends up taking one of the spots on the current offensive line. Uh, he's one of the highest ranked guys to ever uh, get recruited to the University of Houston. He was a redshirt freshman last year. He's got the size to do it now. He spent two years in the weightlifting program. Um, he's got the skills that he's a center. He's got the IQ. He went and started for a game when Jack Freeman was hurt this season. Uh, no real drop off. If not, I mean, he might have played better. I, like, he's very very talented and frankly i was advocating that he should play guard instead of tyler johnson um throughout the season right because centers and guards are fairly similar athletes and i think that you know if you can pull in one or two guys with some veteran leadership along the way here you can look at an offensive line that you know while it's relatively young next season i mean uh david duque will be I guess technically the next elder statesman. He was a transfer last season. That was a redshirt sophomore. Didn't see a whole lot of playing time. Uh, he's listed as a tackle, but I could see him playing guard or tackle. Um, that's probably the next man up as far as guys that have eligibility remaining and are coming back. Um, you know, but does does a guy like a Carson Jones end up in there? A big, long body that's been trying to add weight in his time at University of Houston. Right. What does it look like to have those kind of guys across the offensive line? Um, and then can Houston realistically pull in guys in the transfer portal? A lot of people are looking at Tulane in the transfer portal because they think that much like um much like the coaching staff, Willie Fritz is gonna bring back guys he knows. Um, and can he pull in anyone? Uh, anyone that is in the portal already, right? Because you think about it as a, well, they like playing for Fritz or like, um, they, I don't know, the system or whatever. And I think a big name is like Chris Brazel at wide receiver or, you know, can Pratt come in as a linebacker if he doesn't get drafted. Kai Horton played a lot of quarterback as well. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of thoughts about can those guys show up and help Houston out. I don't mean to say it's narrow-minded. I don't mean to say that it's not worth doing. I will say that um, Houston should widen their scope and should not just be looking at guys leaving Tulane. Whether they'd come in and be comfortable with the system. We know that Tulane guys have Texas ties. I mean, one of their corners right now, Kentrell Webb, was a three-star kid out of Katy High School. Right, he's in the transfer portal. You know that Nagavi's got his connections to Katie. The whole staff now has connections to Tulane. Can he show up and help us out at corner? We're losing guys like Malik Fleming in the NFL draft or something, right? Obviously, I'm not saying to turn down good football players. I think though that the scope needs to be wider. Um, we got a lot of guys entering the portal as we speak. Uh, we bring down commitments as they come. We'll bring down offers as they roll out. Each and every day here at Locked on Cougs. we got a big basketball game this weekend to talk about as well. Houston's playing the AM Aggies. I wish AM had beaten Memphis so we can make this a little bit help better for our shrinking schedule, but you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. So make sure you hit subscribe. We'll talk about all things Houston Cougars 
portal commitments, coaching staff changes, basketball games coming up, uh, AP rankings coming out, all kinds of things happening each and every day here with Houston Cougars. So make sure you keep it locked in at Locked on Cougs for your daily Houston Cougars news. Now, if you want more on the conference, I'm going to recommend Locked on Big 12 down there in the corner. Drake's doing a great job of covering the whole thing. He loves Willie Fritz Hire. I'm sure to know what he thinks, what the rest of the things going on with Houston. So make sure you check out him as well. Locked on Cougs is a proud member of the Locked on Podcast. Now with them is your team, our Cougs. Every day. Go Cougs.